Tracy tried to pull down the hem of the lemon-colored knit mini dress that he was stuffed into. Rachel would never make him wear anything that slutty, but Molly was a completely different matter. The dress had crisscross straps in the back, which required a special bra. Even worse, it was only 31 inches long, which meant it barely covered his panties. That forced Tracy to keep tugging at it in a vain attempt to stay decent. In addition to the ridiculously sexy dress that he wore, he had on his black pumps and nude hose. His fingernails had bright pink acrylics attached to them, and his makeup was stylish if overdone in his opinion. Not that his opinion ever counted for anything, he noted dejectedly. Tracy begged not to go to class with smoky eyes and bright red lips, but his pleas only made Molly even more determined. He wore Dolce & Gabbana garden perfume, and its powerful floral scent made him feel even less masculine, if that was possible. He wore the fancy red wig that Stacy had picked out for him, and that set off his dress and makeup alluringly. The wig still felt strange to him, although he lamented that his own hair was getting close to long enough for a woman's hairstyle. Quit your fidgeting and fix your lipstick, admonished Molly. It wouldn't be messed up if you didn't make me keep kissing guys, Tracy protested, even as he pulled the lipstick and a compact out of his purse and fixed the smeared red mess that his lips had become. Guys are your hobby now, princess. Besides, if you're bored just kissing them, then I'm sure we can think of some other uses for those lips, teased Molly. Tracy tried to concentrate on touching up his lipstick as a shiver raced down his spine. Molly really loved this. She enjoyed watching him squirm. Even more, she loved to see him blushing, humiliated, as she made him flirt and even make out with guys at various dance clubs. Tracy was devastated, his male ego in tatters, as he realized these guys all thought he was just another attractive girl. It made his stomach drop to know that he was forced to look and act like some party girl out for a good time, gyrating seductively on the dance floor. Through it all, there was Molly watching the whole scene unfold. Tracy could tell she was transfixed and turned on by the humiliation of her feminized boyfriend, him, as he noticed her subtly taking pictures and probably videos of his emasculation with her camera. As hard as it was to believe, they actually were boyfriend and girlfriend, not two girlfriends as they had appeared. Sometimes Tracy cursed him out for being his girlfriend's bitch, but he knew that it excited her like nothing else. Considering how gorgeous she was, Tracy knew she was totally out of his league. Tracy realized with a sigh that he was madly in love with Molly, and if wearing dresses meant he could have sex with one of the sexiest girls he'd ever seen in his life, it seemed like a small price to pay. Still, he had some mixed feelings about her incredibly kinky desires as she kept pushing him further and further into femininity. In the weeks since Molly gave Tracy the gift of his first blowjob, Rachel, Paige, 
and their friends had continued his training. If anything, they had stepped it up. His feminine voice was perfect from all the practice he had taking phone sex calls and flirty chats on TalkToFlirts.com. He could do his own makeup as well as any college girl, and far better than Rachel could, something she often teased him about, knowing it truly humiliated him. Heels no longer posed any problem for him. He was walking like a runway model, even in four-inch heels, and he'd even become a competent dancer for a girl. Molly had him looking as sexy and feminine as possible. He may not have been a true beauty, but he was more than cute enough to attract male attention. Molly made sure the vibe he gave off was pure party girl. Not quite slutty, but not too far from it either. Tracy had already made out with more than one guy that night and kissed another handful before, during, and after, just less than an hour of dancing. He danced with several guys, all of whom massaged his ass through the tight, clingy material of the short dress. More than a few of the men tried to snake their fingers under his dress. Tracy had to keep grabbing their wrists and even had to slap away a few insistent hands that seemed intent on grabbing him by the crotch. How much longer do we have to stay? asked Tracy, taking a rare break from the dance floor. You want me to get turned on, don't you? asked Molly. It's to your advantage that when we leave this place, I'm so excited that I can't keep my hands off of you, right? Of course, said Tracy, flitting his right hand to indicate his feminized form. I wouldn't be dressing like this and flirting with guys if I didn't want to turn you on. Well then, I want to see you make out with one more guy before we leave, said Molly. Another one, asked Tracy, getting frustrated by her ever-escalating demands. One more. You can do it, girl, encouraged Molly. I don't want to, protested Tracy. Then don't. But I'm not ready to leave yet, pouted Molly. Then she smiled wickedly and dangled the tiny key she wore on a fold chain around her neck. She giggled as Tracy's eyes widened with recognition. So here's the deal, gal pal of mine. Whatever you do with that shy guy over there is exactly what I'm going to do to you tonight. In my bed, explained Molly. Which guy? The one who keeps staring at you and trying to get up his nerve, she said, subtly lifting her head, so her chin was pointing to a guy leaning against the wall nearest to them. Sure enough, Tracy looked up and could see the guy she was talking about. He wasn't repulsive or anything, but he was definitely on the awkward side. As Molly said, he looked like he was trying to work up his courage to ask some girl to dance. Are you serious? I make out with him, we go home, and you make it worth my while? asked Tracy. Girl Scout's honor, pledged Molly. You were never a scout, protested Tracy. Yeah, but I was a brownie, and anyway, I know more about tying knots than a whole Boy Scout troop, so get moving, urged Molly. Tracy chugged his drink and walked over towards the guy who'd been staring at him. 
The guy's friends immediately slapped him on the back, then gave him space as Tracy introduced himself. Do you stare at every girl like that? asked Tracy. No, 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 I, I never do, said the guy. Just the cute ones? Yeah, the cute ones, I meant, said the guy, laughing nervously. I'm Tim. Hey, Tim, I'm Tracy. It's good to meet you. It's good to be met, said Tracy. Do you like to dance? Not really, admitted Tim sheepishly. That's okay. I don't mind just talking, said Tracy. You're kind of cute. Across the club, Molly was sipping on a sex on the beach. This was an all-ages club, but you had to be 21 or a very attractive girl to buy alcohol. She was watching Tracy closely, and as he moved in closer to Tim, she found herself getting wet. Molly was as thoughtful as she was beautiful, and she questioned her own reactions. Specifically, she wondered why this was having such a strong effect on her, but she had to admit it did. Her heavy breathing, heavily lidded eyes, and dilated pupils confirmed that. In her excitement, she started to imagine about maybe having a threesome with Tracy and a guy that he picked up. The image of her body being worshipped by a feminized guy and a random hookup excited her even more than watching the scenario before her. She wondered if Tracy would be up for a threesome, but decided it might be too much too soon. Pouting slightly, she sighed and whispered to herself, Next time. She examined that new desire. Was Tracy not enough man for her? Molly watched with increased arousal as Tracy played the femme fatale, stroking Tim's arm with her painted fingernails and smiling seductively at him while batting her long eyelashes. Tim was so shy, Tracy had to do all the work. Molly giggled, understanding that Tracy was straight. He hated kissing guys, but she could make him throw himself at the sky. She enjoyed having that much power over another human being. It made her feel superior, but at the same time she was losing some respect for Tracy as she watched him grab Tim and kiss him forcefully. She was wondering if there might be something wrong with Tracy or with herself, or maybe both of them. Well, she was really turned on, almost to the point of orgasm, Something felt a little off. She almost resented her promise to have sex with Tracy. She wasn't bi or into girls at all, and she was starting to only see Tracy, the girl, not Tracy, the cross-dressed sissy. She knew what would make her feel better. She strutted over to where Tracy was making out with the shy boy. Tracy was so eager to please Molly that he had the poor guy shoved up against the wall, and he was even rubbing the guy's crotch through his pants. Smiling, Molly grabbed Tracy by the arm and spun him away from his lip-lock embrace with his random boy. She moved in close to kiss her feminized boyfriend. For a moment, she considered telling the kid, Hey, get your hands off my boyfriend, just to see the shocked reactions, especially from Tracy. She was so tempted, 
and a bit tipsy. But she was together enough to realize that such a statement could lead to unpredictable drama, possibly even violence. So she caught the guy's eye and winked at him instead of outing Tracy. Let's go, Trace, she said in a breathy voice, as she grabbed her little dress-up doll by the hand and pulled him toward the front exit. Tim, clearly forlorn, yelled after them, Tracy, can I get your number? Hearing that, Molly was suddenly more turned on than ever. Meet us here tomorrow, and you'll get more than that from our little Tracy, she rasped, eager to use Tracy for wanton sex as soon as possible. The two lovers dashed through the parking lot, hand in hand, as fast as their high heels allowed. They kissed and groped each other in the car, and took a short break from making out, only to speed home. The second they closed and locked Molly's front door behind them, the blonde bombshell stripped down to her bra and panties. She was actually trembling with passionate desire, and only a hot and steamy sexual session would satisfy her yearning. Once the two were in her bedroom, Molly took command. She ordered Tracy to strip down to his lingerie and drop to his knees. She tied him into that position and demanded that he pleasure her with his mouth. Overcome with desire and feeling submissive as well as horny, Tracy complied instantly. Molly's moans made Tracy even more excited. But he groaned in frustration and pain as his locked cock tried to get hard within its plastic prison. Molly giggled, understanding what she was doing to her feminized toy. His agony was her ecstasy. She pulled out the chain and dangled it in front of Tracy, teasing. Does my pretty prisoner princess want to be unlocked? Yes, please, Miss Molly, panted Tracy, conditioned as he was to view this tiny key as a revered talisman of pleasure and relief. Then you better make me orgasm again in, let's say, 30 seconds. <laughs> then she laughed triumphantly as Tracy increased his efforts. He lapped away at her clitoris, holding it firmly between his lips and flicking the tender little bean with the tip of his tongue. Oh, oh, Tracy, that's good. Oh, good. Oh, 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 that's so good, cried Molly, drawing out the last word into a sort of yelp as waves of electric energy surged through every cell in her body. Her toes curled as her body shook and shuddered leaving her breathing ragged and clipped. Then she melted into blissful afterglow, gently laughing and hiccuping before falling asleep. Tracy lay beside her, frustrated, tied up, demoralized, aroused, but a bit aggravated. He considered whether or not he should wake her up, but feared that she'd be angry if he did. On the other hand, Maybe if I let her sleep, then she'll feel sorry for me and even want to make it up to me. It's definitely worth a shot, thought Tracy. If I piss her off, she might send me to class in this dress. He shuddered at the thought, as much as his bindings allowed. Unfortunately for Tracy, Molly used him as essentially a teddy bear. After spending the night cuddling, 
he was thoroughly frustrated. When Molly awoke, she had him make them both some dreadful coffee before sending him on his way to do the walk of shame back to his apartment. Tracy was so horny that the cage was becoming very uncomfortable, almost unbearable. He wanted to at least be able to experience a full orgasm, but the cock cage made that an impossible dream. Tracy didn't even worry about it if Rachel saw him come home. He had gotten used to her seeing him all dressed up, and she already knew every humiliating moment of his relationship with Molly so far. Unfortunately, as he put his key into the lock on the door, he could hear that Jill and Stacy were over. "'Looking good,' said Jill, as soon as he entered. "'Oh, my!' explained Rachel. "'Someone had a very good night.' Are we witnessing a walk of shame? asked Stacy. I believe so, replied Rachel. How about it, Tracy? I didn't have sex last night, said Tracy, proclaiming his innocence. Hmm, did you get off last night? asked Rachel. No, I've been in my cage for a week now, replied Tracy. Did Molly get off? asked Rachel. Tracy stood there silently, unsure of how to answer the question. She did, with you locked up too, explained Stacy. What a bitch. She's not that bad, replied Tracy. I didn't mean her, replied Stacy, causing her friends to laugh. Very funny, said Tracy. I'm going to go change. You might want to take a cold shower, suggested Jill. I don't suppose I could get unlocked, said Tracy, just for 15... What do you think? interrupted Rachel. I need to come sometime or I'm going to explode, replied Tracy. We're willing to take that chance, said Rachel. I definitely think a cold shower is the way to go. By the time that Tracy was dressed in a short black and white plaid pencil skirt and a burnt orange sweater, redid his makeup and replaced his wig, Jill and Stacy had left. Tracy clicked into the living room on his three-inch-heeled brown suede pumps and sat down delicately on a chair. He dangled one shoe by its delicate ankle strap before he caught himself making that flirty, girly motion. Rachel had noticed his new sexy mannerisms. Gone were the days of him just plopping down wherever his behind would lead him. Now he had to sit demurely, like a girl. You know, I'm proud of you, said Rachel. For what? asked Tracy. You like my makeup or something? Your makeup is better than mine, replied Rachel. You don't need much, commented Tracy. You're just plain beautiful. That's sweet, but think about it, said Rachel. You just complimented my looks. You know I was infatuated with you, replied Tracy, motioning to his outfit. That's why I'm wearing all the stuff, after all. Maybe so, but even a month ago, you couldn't compliment a woman's looks without blushing and stammering. You've changed, said Rachel. It doesn't do me any good, said Tracy. You really mean that, said Rachel? I know Molly kept you locked up last night and today, but it seems to me that you would never have gotten close to first base with a girl if you hadn't grown under my mentoring. Grown into a girl, maybe. No, that's only part of it, said Rachel. What are you going to do when she moves on? 
moves on, asked Tracy. Why would she move on? Oh, you are inexperienced, said Rachel tenderly. She turned to face her roommate. I should have gone over this with you. I hope you enjoyed this preview. The link to the full audio can be found on my site. Again, this is Miss Jen Davis, signing off for now. And if you enjoy my content, I do hope that you will click like to this audio and hit the subscribe button.